High Nights! Well met and welcome, you travelers, to High Nights. My name is Ross, your resident game master, and I am joined by Takoda, my best friend and player main. Together we strive to improve your tabletop experience with fresh new ideas and plenty of crazy details. To raise more banners in the High Knight's name, remember to subscribe and follow us on your podcasting platform. We are available on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon platforms. You can also visit us at highknightspodcast.com. That's Knights with a K. Wherever you find us, let's muster some more fans for the cause. Thanks again for listening, and now here's what you've all been waiting for. Welcome back to High Nights, everybody. It is Ross and Dakota once more, and we are joined by our good friend and creative enthusiast, Connor. How are you oh, doing today? Doing good. Um, feeling good, feeling great. That is excellent. Uh, I know that you've Dungeon Mastered a bit. We've talked about your experience somewhat in the past, but uh, it, could you just give me a refresher really quick? Like, I know that you've done some uh, personal roleplay with friends in the city of Grand Rapids, where we're all from, but like, could you elaborate on where you're from? Yeah, so uh, I am a uh, tabletop enthusiast from, uh, I'd say, South Grand Rapids area. My experience comes down to, uh, let's see, I DM'd Call of Cthulhu for a year or two, um, basic D&D 5e stuff. I've been buying and reading up on a lot of obscure, more, I want to say niche tabletops. My, my background is mostly just trying to figure out those games and how clever you can be with them. Right, and like what really brought this to light, what I wanted to recruit you for was because of our Necronautilus jaunt that the three of us were a part of. Oh. That shit was mint. I was so happy about that. That was intense. <laughs> that was a fun game, though. Oh, yeah. I think uh, when it comes down to creative potential, Necronautilus just does it. It <laughs> has all the tools required to just do whatever you want in whatever capacity that you want it to be. Yeah, it gives you the ultimate creativity, and like, I'm, I'm trying to remember our characters' names right now. I think I was Luster. <laughs> I was Mantis. You were Mantis, and then our third person was, uh... Oh, Starlight or something like that? Something about, like, like Cosmos, something, something along those lines. Yeah, dude, like, just having that wealth of creativity at your fingertips, just to be able to spit words and change things on the fly. Uh, oh yeah, um, just, uh, if you had to summarize Necronautilus in like one or two sentences, um, how would you describe it? I would describe it as a tabletop role-playing game with the objective of being the most creative possible. The game rewards you for being creative. Um, the more uh, creative you are, the more life points you get. Once you hit 30 life points, your character is quote-unquote freed from the uh, objective it's supposed to do. So. Yeah, like you're a part of the death agency and then working through death's will, you start to enact change on the dead worlds. Like I definitely got thrown on my head a few times back when we were role playing and I wanted to be this heroic knight. I showed up with all my keywords selected to be like the great shining warrior of steel. And I turned out to be the fucking bad guy after everything because Mantis screwed me over Look, at every it turn. Was, <laughs> it was easy to do though. It so. was easy to do. 
Yeah, uh, Cody. So like we were going to that forest planet, and then I forget what happened, but I think you crashed the freaking ship yeah, into hard. the forest, and then I got blamed for it. You loser. No, not just the forest. We took out the leader of the the, the tribe's tournament. house. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we completely blew up the queen's like mansion. Um, the and then as we walk out and she's freaking out, I was like, he's the captain. And then he just dipped. Uh, to be fair, a certain pilot did cause more than enough trouble to cause an entire crash landing was into fun. a small turn of village. Right, uh, right. <laughs> it's unfortunate that uh, that Luster took the blame, but you can't win them all. You it know, was pretty good. You lose. Yeah, I liked it. How much of that game... I know we're kind of sticking on it for a long time, but how much of that game is like scripted in like a module? All of it was made up. Yeah, that's what I figured. So it's very heavy. You got to think on your feet. Yeah, that's what I... That was actually really cool. Yeah. It was very cool. And that's what I applaud Connor for is that uh, working through Necronautilus, Connor has experience as a dungeon master where he has to think on his feet at all times. Where in our Dungeons and Dragons games, we're usually planning between one and four hours for a session. Or I like to plan four hours before hand and uh when you're doing necronautilus everything has to be spur of the moment on the go because we're changing words and interpreting different situations as we go it's always adapting yeah any any um dms who are struggling with going with the flow right sometimes your adventurers want to do something different than what you had planned in the main plot line anybody who is having a tough time being creative on the fly spontaneously should look into playing a couple games or reading up on Necronautilus. But it is so good. I totally agree with you. That is so cool. Thank you again for sharing that with us. Hey, no issue. Bro. So we just wanted to take some of your creativity and splash that into our world. Like, uh, you've listened to our first episode. You know a bit about the great city of Jasper Ridge, where we have crime fights. Yeah, I, that, that was a, the world that you guys made was very creative. I liked it a lot. And hearing the creative process was cool, too. Thank you. Yeah, just winging it until something sticks, you know? That's what I like to do anyway. <laughs> Birds of a feather flock together. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so like we have a little bit of concept. Like we talked in the Bewitching Wood, we kind of gave some geography, but I felt like what we could have fun spitballing and doing today is that I could just start drawing the freaking map and we can just add shit as we go. Let's give a bit more shape and texture to this world. That, that way Cody and I could keep building on it as we continue forth. And then, you know, I'll let you have a piece of that. I say, I I think we're gonna like amp this up to the next level um let's start from the foundation of the city work our way up and then Spain work our way there. back down okay um so starting with the city then <clears throat> yeah so you'll start in with the woods. uh like what environment is it in and like things like that so oh yeah so um we we can actually have a little bit to start with cody and i yeah, so perfect. i'm just gonna put let's say jasper ridge is down here i'm gonna put it like southwest and then we also have the bewitching wood, and then there's a hamlet next to the woods, and that's a distance away, like that's a couple days journey away. Okay. Uh, and between those two points, Dakota created a caravan. There were like some traders and stuff. Do you remember that? Yeah, they were yeah. right outside the city. There's a caravan on a dirt road heading towards this village. And uh, between the village and the city of Jasper Ridge, there's the sprawling woods. 
and the woods kind of takes up a good margin of the continent. Like, our general idea of this land thus far is that it's somewhat arboreal. Like, we're mainly dealing with uh, fields and plains and forests. And I'm pretty sure that we've got a large forest that's been eaten into slightly called the Bewitching Wood that's going to be in our southwest quadrant. And then um, Rogar's backstory talks about, isn't there another forest like way ahead, like far off in a different region? Yeah, so it's a massive forest with uh, huge predators. Right. And he survived by being right on the outskirts of the forest and uh, the main area. Okay. <sighs> So, you know, just to ramp that up or to put it together really quickly, I'm going to draw some mountains up here in the northeast, and we'll just put an arrow saying that that green world, that forest that Rogar's from, is actually past the mountain range. Okay. So it's just far fucking away. Uh, other than that, that's kind of what we got right here. So here's a big open space in the very middle of our page where we can actually put a map together. Perfect. All right, let's let's start with what type of town it is, right? So like, yeah. there's the there's the Jasper and the village, uh, and river then... that runs through the side of it. Yep. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there is the river. It's so... it's a very populated city. It's got everything you need: the woods to hunt, you know, the water nearby. Yep, yep. And this uh, city itself is like it's very populated. It's like the capital. I think our backstory for the town was that um, people originally traveled here because they were searching for gold. They were going to pan it from the river and stuff. They just were on a gold rush, but it turned out to be fool's gold. So everyone had settled there. The gold ran out really quickly, and then people just didn't leave. They just decided to keep this town together. And it slowly grew into a sluice where crime breathes. All right, sweet. And this place is, is right next to the Bewitching Woods, correct? Uh, yeah, so it's right here on the Probably edge so. of the Bewitching Wood. So this is Bewitching Wood right here. Okay. So it's like they have a wall that divides the woods. It's oh, that close. Yeah. <laughs> There's a wall and the, the trees are right next to it. And sometimes the evil trees <laughs> could snatch a child up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It's the woods are bad. <laughs> okay. What era are we thinking? This is like more of a medieval looking castle. Is this kind of like a more wooden... Uh, like log cabin type structures? Uh, that's a good question. I'm always in the firm belief that Dungeons and Dragons Swords and Sorcery is pretty 16th century in the sense of this is the age where knights are late stage and guns are just being invented. That's kind of what I believe personally, but what do you guys think? Um, I agree with that one. Yeah, I think the city is big enough that like you have your capital district, you know, the castle, like yeah. wood stuff. And then you have the poor people district as you go on. That's just like wooden, cheap, wooden, crappy houses, mostly farmland. Right, exactly. So, so place, it's a little bit of all of them. Yes. So this place looks better than everything else around it. Correct. Yeah. Like Jasper Ridge is kind of like a, a town trying to become a major city, you know. On its way to? It's on its way to building up to be a major city, but there's problems with it because of this family rivalry going on inside of it with the Fowler family and then the Mozzie family. Is there any more settlements that are just as nice or big? This is our main town here, but like we have an opportunity to have a few other villages and towns around. That or we could focus on the city. Oh yeah, back to the city. Um, And then uh, kind of like build the world around it. Maybe things interesting in the city have an influence on what happens outside. So if we start building the city, we can start piecing together things around it much easier. Okay, right. Understandable. 
It's a city. Jasper is an almost city. Almost a city. So maybe it looks like the walls are built and secured, but the the, the houses inside are kind of wooden, right? They're, they're still wood-based. We haven't really factored dwarves in here. Like, I'm sure that there are some, but, like, I'm imagining lots of wooden structures. Yeah, I would agree. Is there a form of leadership? Like, uh... We mayor? had... We kind of had a government structure set up because we had the, the crime family had their fingers in the government as well. Oh, yeah. So there's a council of elders. Yeah. So, like, there is, like, a city council that oversees what's happening in Jasper Ridge. And uh, some of the families have their members on that board. So I would say like a council of seven probably governs Jasper Ridge. Then maybe the figurehead, like the kind of the big building that you, everybody wants to go to, maybe that's like the meeting place for all these elders. Maybe making it something like a monastery, if it's gonna be a little more, less crimey, more clanny, or more tribal, I suppose is a better way to put it. Hmm. Um, or we can make something like a all races are here. It's like the melting Wait. pot. Gotcha. Wait, they like they meet on top of like a rock. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Medieval right? Vegas. Like imagine that like Jasper Ridge used to be a mine quarry site and like all of this earth got carved out as they were looking for gold and couldn't find any. And then you just have like this big granite rock in the center of the dig out. That's the only thing that no one could dig through with their pickaxes and stuff. It just became like a fixture or like a piece in the very center of the city. So maybe they like flattened off the top of it later as time advanced and we got more tools for stonemasonry. Mm -hmm. So then you just have like this stone spire going through the center and then they have a meeting place on top of it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Okay. And then, okay, so what, like, let's say, like, all these elders come up out of the rock, they're, like, cross-legged with sake <laughs> and, you know, like, my brothers. And, like, they start, like, doing all their meeting stuff and obviously, like, the crime underneath is influencing this. So, like, usually it's just a bunch of old dudes just talking about how the youngins are breaking shit in the quarry. Dude, elevator wizard. So, elevator there's gotta be wizards. one wizard whose job is just to teleport people to the top. Yeah. They and stand it, on a rock and he just lifts the entire rock up. <laughs> He's like, alright, get on. Oh, that's so good. Like, that's just pretty pathetic. Like, he has good credentials, but he's been reduced to becoming the quick save teleport guy. Like, you could use him in your games. Like, he'll just, I'll warp you over to the mission site. He's like, what other spells I, I have, you ask? That's a great question. And then, like, nobody listens to him. <laughs> nobody cares because he's the elevator guy. Like, fly, blink, dimension, door. He tries to tell you how his life's like, look, I have places to be. Like... <laughs> We going up or what? I would love to have this conversation right now, but mm, saving the world. <laughs> Dude, he goes, he goes to the bar on a, when he's <laughs> off his shift and he's just complaining about his job the whole time. Yeah, such a nobody ever cares about me. It's like, like nobody can someone say thank you. You know, I just want someone to be gracious to me. <laughs> I've never even gotten to go up there. <laughs> what would they do without me? Yeah, everyone asks who the elevator guy is, but they never ask how the elevator guy is. Yeah, that's funny. That poor bastard. Yeah, right. Um, so you could use that. Yeah, I'm what if you blackmail him? Oh, like you just launch like some high-ranking guy just woo. <laughs> He's gone. You're like, teleport him up, but miss, and just let him fall and die. <laughs> like there's a malfunction. Right? <laughs> oh, sorry, something in the aether today. <laughs> Man, I sneezed, and he's gone. <laughs> 
Eddie's gone. <laughs> no, just like that, nobody trusts Elevator Guy. <laughs> he didn't get on ever again. Like, he gets a bad look every time <laughs> someone gets on. He was like, oh, to ruin my career, that'll cost 500 gold pieces. <laughs> um, so there's a big stone yes. wall around and houses that are kind of less developed than the wall itself and this rock. This rock definitely looks like it's almost man-made, but it isn't. It's just sculpted down to be convenient for the sake of the people. Correct. Like, there were some migrant dwarves that did manage to make it to the town later, and then they were their craftsmanship. You know, people don't really give them credit, but they're there. With how hard it is to get there, is there any benefit to using the rock? Is rock magical in any way, or is it just where they meet? Well, it's just where they meet. It's probably. just where they meet. Like, they only made it special because everyone decided to stay there and make it a town, you know? Like, Jasper Ridge was kind of like a fool's errand to begin with. Yeah. They only found fool's gold in Jasper and stuff like that. But um, that does add a little bit more context. I imagine that to give more breadth to the world, these people who came here, the original caravans, had to travel from somewhere. So I'm just going to put, like, a little road from the east. So we got a road that goes all the way to Jasper Ridge there. I've got a river running from north to south that kind of passes by our town. I imagine that this village up here sends logs, like the village we talked about in Bewitching Woods. Yes. They have to have a log mill so that they send lumber down river to Jasper Ridge for Perfect. all the wood that they want, since they're scared of taking wood next to the dark heart of the forest. Yeah, they stay on the outskirts. Yeah. So that adds a little bit more to the area. Perfect. Now let's talk about the things that need to be done inside Jasper, knowing that we what we know now. Yes. So I assume the big three things would be the river, the quarry. Yeah. I guess at this rate, kind of like the growth in population of the city itself, there's a lot of different races, a lot of different people doing different things. Oh yeah. Basic workers, maybe construction. All these things are like the type of people that we're dealing with. Maybe do we want to make it a majority of a certain race because of the, what the workload is? Yeah. There's a lot of elves. Right? So, yes. In fact, uh, I would say predominantly, if we had to go in order, there's mostly humans and elves. And then the next races under them would be the tieflings and the Aarakocra. Well, because they're the rival families yeah. that have been yes. here for, you know, they were part of the gold rush. They were some of the foundings. So their family line is here, whereas there's just a fuck ton of Perfect. the other races. Yes. So Plus, what, it'd be cool to see a heavily populated tiefling city. Um, what like kind that. of like inventions are being made to make life easier right now? For example, the one off the top of my head, uh, watermill, right? Yeah. That's like that's a huge thing that you can do with the people in the adventure. So like adding something like that is always great. Okay. Yeah. So you're asking about what's the reason for people to come to this town. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's a great question, Cody. Uh, do you have any ideas on that? Like I'm kind of blanking a bit. Like why is this, this city bustling? Yeah. Why is the city bustling? <laughs> why is the city bustling? <laughs> um, I mean, you've got location. It's probably, I mean, it's got a little bit of everything. Entertainment was a big deal too. Entertainment, Because yeah. when we first made this, I was thinking it's like a medieval uh, Las Vegas. Like they gamble, there's entertainment, you have, you know, our, oh, our yeah. hooters. 
that's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah, kind of like right. people come here for a good time and then they don't leave. Yeah, like mm. in, initially with Wild West towns, this is what happened is that like after the gold rush passed through there, all these towns that remained, they either disappeared or they diversified into some other uh, like service. Like they either had a luxury or they had like um, hostels for people to go and visit like women of the night and also to gamble and stuff like a Sin City. I'm not imagining that exactly, but not too bad, not but... too bad. But what if a major office of Jasper Ridge was transmutation? Like, what if there were a secret ring of alchemists that actually were minting money, and part of minting money was taking fool's gold and turning it into real gold? Okay. Like, maybe they make currency here. Maybe oh. that flows towards the rest of the continent of the region. Like, we have a kingdom here. Maybe this is where the money for the kingdom is printed. And that's why crime is so close to it. I think I might have a better idea. You have a better I idea. Like make this certain city, make Jasper its own gambling currency like chips as you walk in ah okay so your chips are useless other where other places in the world though exactly well, there's a so you place can be rich here but broke everywhere else kind of i would assume it's a money exchange type thing but yes to make things simpler in the city since it's so heavy on gambling they might as well just take your money and turn it to chips now you can use it to buy anything you want and play games okay Gotcha. All right. Cool. So that is like the basis. That is like how the city normally functions. You show up to Jasper Ridge, and then when you're in the city, maybe a magistrate comes over and has you convert your money right away. Like they're a bit adamant about it. Probably even like a gate at every break in the wall. I think that'd be useful. They got toll gates at exactly. the walls. Okay, I see that now. So when your party walks in, they're like, well, I have a bunch of gold or silver or bronze. And then some guy walks over and says, you have to exchange your money. This is a place where like la da da is happening. Only Jasper currency is accepted here. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a couple good ideas for currencies already, right? The fool's gold, real gold thing. We could make the currencies actual gold. Yeah, there's that. I was thinking, you know, to recycle my idea, then maybe that's just a quest that happens. Like, everyone has to convert their money to Jasper when they get to this city, but some some alchemist in the middle of the city is fucking things up because they're actually converting different metals to gold and stuff. Like, that could just be a quest that people go on. Like, maybe the city wants this guy caught. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, just That's to keep cool. it around. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of like, there's a lot of humans. Um, there's a there's a water mill, right? Obviously running through the river. There's it's heavily on. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a water mill that goes through here. Like there's some hydroelectric power, I guess. Yeah, I suppose. Hydromana power. Something exactly. like that. <laughs> some sort of magician working his magic on the inside of the mill, saying. Turn the motion into money. Yeah, okay. So we have to take a lens to this. So you know I had that stupid elevator wizard idea. Mm -hmm. But like, in a Dungeons and Dragons world, wouldn't everything be a little bit Harry Potter touched like that? Where most things, instead of having more technology for it, you just have a wizard who does that thing. Well, that's the beauty of magic in these games is when something is 
too advanced with technology, it's basically just magic, and you can just make shit magic. Yeah, like, like you have the elevator wizard guild, and they're just levitating platforms up and down, you know? And then you have the laundry wizard who just heats and spins water. <laughs> it's like, basically, we could invent things for this, like, guns are possible, but we don't care for it because magic is better. Like, that's what I think the world is for its tech level, you know? Yeah. Well, just um, convenient and easy things people need to get done in a place where they can overcharge yeah, for those chips. Absolutely. Know? Like, you just need to be clean. I can do it in four seconds. It's going to cost you 100 chips. <laughs> like, and the issue is, is that in order to keep up with the, uh, the upcharges, they have to gamble their money. Well, That's where success comes from. Being a crime-ridden city like this, though, you can assume that there's going to be a lot of important figures and politicians that are going to be here too oh, yeah. which only opens the gateway to do more stuff Ooh, okay so, so like so like the magistrate like the the people who run the city are actually pretty underhanded themselves yeah i'm kind of imagining a very unfair system where when you get admitted to the city like you switch your currency over and then when you sign up to stay at an inn or something they don't charge you they just say you pay for everything at the gate when you leave because we want you to win as much as possible so you don't know how much you're racking so, up well, until you're broke like you can you can keep track of it yourself and people will tell you what the bill will be added to but you aren't charged immediately it's like oh you need the service sure let me go get that for you here's a bottle of wine here's a few women to spend the night with you know just and using then, a credit card system yeah and then like, at the end you're like fuck well, <laughs> and it's always for travelers it's like for travelers coming into the city they're not charged until they leave and then that's how they get you yeah and you either have to stay and pay it off i assume yeah or or just like um, well, die that's how they get you to <laughs> stay too i mean imagine like a diplomat he basically can do whatever he wants without paying because people are trying to kiss his ass. Yes. But then you have like us, these poor party members. Let's say there's <laughs> an area we have to go, you need an elevator wizard. Yeah. He can just charge you an astronomical amount of money. Are you going to tell him no? <laughs> you need his service. <laughs> and and, they and that's just... how they get you to stay in the city. He's like, I know the guild. If you refuse me right now, I will call all of my friends and you won't be able to travel yeah. anywhere. <laughs> or you have to wait a whole day before shift change or something. <laughs> <laughs> Send in the snail mate. Age, and yeah. then there's a really slow guy who only teleports you five feet a turn. It'd just be funny because then you have so much uh, quest availability to like clean up the city. You know? Yeah, exactly. Maybe somebody who's trying to become uh, in charge is actually a good dude. Yeah, there's and a lot. We of gotta things. like help him out, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of things you could do with the idea of like a broken city. Because there's always something to fix in a broken city. It is a broken right. city for sure. Well, the we already have a lot of lore too with the two families. They don't want the city to be cleaned up. You know, that's something that they could agree on. Yeah, they want to be on top. No the, one's trying to fix the system. Even our detective probably doesn't want it too too cleaned up. He likes the chaos. Yeah. You know? Oh man, the detective being me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Horace. You were the chosen one. No, you're talking about the elf that we the were talking elf. about. Yeah. The, uh, the Dio. Yeah, the crazy Dio. elf who's Basically pitting Dio. these people against each other. Yeah, our elf investigator. Fuck that guy. So there's a lot of elements here. There are I a lot. I think there should be another rival city. Well, not they're not really a rival, but it's another bigger city. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that like... Like over here or something. So we have some Jasper Ridge details worked out. We know a bit more about why this city is so seedy. But... 
there's a few things to say. Where did these people come from originally? Like, how did they get here? And then also, there is a greater kingdom at large. So how about, uh, let's start fresh, or let's talk about the sister city, like uh, the town nearby that is connected on the road to Jasper Ridge. Want to start a new town with us? Um, yeah, I'm down. Let's start about the concept of the town in comparison to the city. Correct. I think it would be funny to make a city that is quite the opposite. A very law-abiding city? Yeah, very, very just city where there's still corruption, but it's a wholesome kind. Okay. It's uh, maybe a city where there's a certain politician who has a different way of thinking that's equally as good, but just different. Right. Yeah. That's something the party can easily recognize as, oh, this guy is also good, but he just has differing opinions. And they're all law-abiding citizens. This, the town was very focused on the people. Yeah. Do they um, hate the Sin City? Uh, like yes. Jasper Ridge. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a question. Uh, religious, yes or no? Because I have an idea, possibly. Most likely. Most likely them to be religious. Probably religious. Okay. I'm kind of getting a feeling that this adjoining town along the road, along the way, this town isn't as popular as Jasper Ridge. In fact, people tend to pass through it as they're going by. But this is more of like a farming town, and they have a bit more of an emphasis on a horticulture experience and also on uh, acting together as a people. Like, they're almost too democratic. You'd have like one religious leader or someone, like someone to be like the chief of the town, and then like a whole slew of villagers and other people who participate, but they all participate too much. It's like, what if all of the peasants were just voting democratically on whose turn it is to go to the well or something stupid like that? Yeah. Like they're all trying to be too fair to each other. They're just like, they're overly polite and trying to make sure that they don't step on each other's toes. I think that's a perfect idea. That'd be funny. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> now, what, what would you call such a gullible town? Uh, you, I think, uh, I was thinking, um, it reminds me of Desert Bluffs from <laughs> Night Vale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Desert yeah. Bluffs. Desert Bluffs. Uh, maybe something like Norse Day. Norse Day? Norse Day. Norse Day. Something easy where, like, it's very accepting and inviting because of the way that it is. It just has that nice, like, hey, stay kind of vibe. Norse Day. It, it sounds like, uh, like the eighth weekday. <laughs> It's the extra day. Oh, yeah. Uh, the chief who founded the town rode in on a horse named Norse Day. <laughs> and that's why it's called Norse Day. And that's why it's called Norse Day. They're really boring people and they have bad ideas for naming towns. It's like an episode of Avatar <laughs> The Last Airbender. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, nobody interesting comes to the town. So all the people are very samey, right? So they're, yes. they're very similar. They're not very different. They're just country um, folk. They kind of started from like three different families put together and just kind of like figuring it out. Definitely. I think that they're a bit more connected to the earth, so their topography is going to be a lot more grasslands, hills, fields, and plains. These people are farmers. These people have a supply chain and uh, like the food from their farm goes to Jasper Ridge and also to other towns along the way, the opposite way. Yep. These people, they're all a little bit like, they're kind of dumb and they're all a bit samey. So that's how you can create some contrast because they're samey, they all start to vote on the same thing together. So the whole democracy thing becomes redundant after a while. Like they all have one strict opinion. They're too closed-minded. And maybe and something about the yes. party 
I would assume to happen is somebody gets suspicious about this. Someone thinks it's sus and they do a little digging and they realize that's exactly what's happening and they don't like it and they want to change it. Yeah. You run into a lot of chaotic party members that would just want to fuck the system up. So yeah, sometimes you'll run into- Yeah, I know into... somebody like that. Oh, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's you, buddy. Yeah, uh, so I thought you... it was you, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that. But like, they realize nothing's going on. They want to mess up the system they already have by giving someone a little bit of an open mind, right? They start saying things, right? Like, the, your adventures are obviously geared up, geared out. Yeah. So, like, a young child, like, maybe 14, 15, approaches and says, Hey, why do you guys have armor on? And they're like, we slay dragons. And this kid's <laughs> like, tell me everything you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this kid gets his eyes open and realizes death is and despair is everywhere. And this little village is nothing like the real world. And he just gets shell-shocked into trying to preach this to the other people who this kid feels like are brainwashed or he thinks the village is brainwashed now right because he's been brainwashed and he's got broken out of it so maybe like there's a lot of potential for storylines like that um a lot of potential for like uh an issue to arise on something that the people have to vote on and they're so polite and it is so necessary that it gets done like i imagine that they're all drinking the same fucking kool-aid from the well <laughs> yeah and it could be as simple as their well dries up and uh, these people are so religious and closed-minded that they're relying on old practices from the church where they're just like we're waiting for a sign when a dove flies across the sky and lands in this specific tree we'll know that that's where water is <laughs> you know like something stupid like that so that's how you trick your players because like you said the players generally will see the status quo and say that's fucked up i'm gonna change it so us as the dungeon masters we're creating these pitfalls where it's like the world is imperfect and you can see the flaws but sometimes the players can't really change it correctly you know or maybe they can you give them a chance to try but these people are all drinking the same kool-aid and it's a little bit weird yeah. <laughs> Having like small areas like that where people can just like interact with the town in a unique way every time they go into one. Yeah. You don't want towns to feel savey. You don't want the town to be the same. It's a different town. Yeah. Just as we have um, like Detroit, Chicago, and New York, all relatively the same. They're all different. They have their own personalities and people treat them differently. Correct. Yeah. It's like, a, that is one thing that I still need to work on too, is a dungeon master is the sense of like, every place needs to have a little touch of creativity so that it sticks with your players. That's how you give them some retention. Nor's Day is going to be a weird place. Yes. The goal is to make it as as normally weird as possible yeah um because normal weird things happen in every city um making them feel like they're in a place that is relatable while also being in a different world that's why we love animes like izakai right yeah. because it's this relatable guy dropping into this unrelatable world and when he does relatable things it, it sticks with us yes correct it's like we want to escape to the fantasy realm there needs to be something there so that we can be enraptured and enamored with it so things have to be a bit larger than life even in these small little places like I'm seeing the villagers of Norsday having strange little practices, like little cultural caveats that they do. They're very festival-driven people. You know the stupid thing from 300 where they're just like, can't go to war, it's the harvest season. It's like, that's the kind of shit that these people would pull. Exactly. They would do things like, 
I have to pray to the grass before I cut the lawn. <laughs> well, God, God bless wait, the grass. Wait, can, can the village chieftain just be Hank Hill? <laughs> yeah. I gotta mow the lawn, man. <laughs> but this place has to have something special about it, though. Otherwise, why isn't uh, our other village... They would have taken advantage of this one so hard by now. Mm, like, this place know. is too dumb and well, ignorant. No, they've already won. Think about it. Like, I, I said that they would trade food along this. The Fowlers basically own all of the assets and property in Norsday. They're the ones who are getting the food from this village. So, maybe you have an encounter out here in Norsday that leads you to Jasper Ridge. Like, one of the Mobsy agents was sent to the village to poison some of the crops, and then you and the adventurers catch this guy in the middle of the night poisoning the cabbage field, take him out, and you're like, oh wait, this dude was sent from the city. Like, this, there's a little bit of subterfuge and espionage going on here. Or maybe even something, uh, like, a little more outlandish, and one of the agents shows up, and they call him, like, one of the gods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so they think they're attributing food to God and making but in all actuality they're just giving all this food to the gamble town. Oh and you have to go you have to go meet God to thank him for the Norse Day villagers. Ah, I like it. It's it's one of the Aarakocra and he's dressed up like an angel and they put on like a magical display he as he wing. descends. He just flies in. Yeah he flies in. An angel, and he's yeah. just like where are my offerings? And they're like, Yes sir, yes sir, I'll And these just dumb yes. idiots don't even know what Aarakocra is. <laughs> oh God, I've been Mercy upon you. us, winged dragon of Ra. Oh no! That's basically, what's happening? Pretty much. And oh, that's... all hail to Bird Person. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And the the villagers, the it's party gets person. The party gets this quest right, and they think obviously that something is amiss, right? Because God wouldn't be just like sitting in a town as the mayor or whatever. Right. You go meet this council of elders that like pretend to bring you to God and then all of a sudden you're in this you're like underground in the crime and like things are happening and they are bad the what's what's interesting about the quest with these kinds of quests in particular is that the party has to go back to Norsday and interact with them after going to Jasper to meet God right <laughs> so like the party now has a moral dilemma of do I want to keep the city the same the way it is or do I want to let them be in their own world and tell them like a lie that we didn't see all these things in Jasper oh yeah um, I can see it going both ways in the sense of like maybe you have a party that has rogues and other crime oriented characters they might want to keep Jasper Ridge the same way that it is so that they can benefit from the themselves. I think it's really easy for them to just make friends and connections in the city and they will benefit from it being so corrupt. And then you're going to have noble characters like paladins and stuff who want to change the status quo because they see it as unfair. That's how you can let it go either way. I think it's a great setting for any type of adventuring party. Yeah, it's perfect. And Norsday and Jasper being as divided as they are makes that experience much more dramatic for the party. Some people don't have the capability to pick up on small things like that, and when you make them obvious, it makes them much easier questions for the players to ask. Guiding players on their thinking with the environment that you make is one of the most important things to do yes. over making a plan. Because if you influence something and you make something so interesting that they have no other choice than to go, you don't have to make these 
well, what if they follow the side plot, plots B or C? Because it's too interesting for the players. Yeah, it's like, a, for Cody, if like you ask a question to me in a game, and uh, it, you're just like, how big is the building, or can I get out the door? Then whenever I answer your question, most of the information I'm giving to you is like, 60% uh, probability of you're going to go along with what I'm saying. Like, I want to leave the doorway cracked open so that you can close it or go through it if you'd like. We can't really avoid being completely unrailroaded. Like, there's no such thing as a true sandbox Dungeons and Dragons game because the Dungeon Master will always have some bias into the game. And that's, that's usually the goal with Dungeon Masters too. So it makes it much uh, it makes it much easier for us, to be honest, yeah, when right. we're doing this. Because <laughs> if it is 100% a sandbox, like Necronautilus, for example, things get hectic fast. Yes. Which is fine if that's what you're looking for, but most players in, who play TTRPGs aren't looking for that experience in particular. They're yeah. looking for a grand story. They're looking for a main plot line. They're looking to go kill the dragon at the end, which is why um, unifying the party by influencing everyone at the same amount and influencing them enough to all go the same direction and agree on that is super important. Oh yeah, I mean, that was last episode in the sense of like, everybody should be on the same page generally, right? <laughs> Like, you don't want to adventure with too many people who want to go in separate directions all the time. It's just that creates chaos. Exactly. Yeah, party splitting can be bad. Party splitting can be bad. You only really let it happen if both of them are accomplishing something along the same quest chain. You know, like, you might party split to stage a heist, you know. But, like, all of those events are all happening consecutively at the same time. Correct. Yeah. That's why I like our Starfinder game, because everybody's got a walkie-talkie. Like, everyone can stay in contact, so everyone's still connected. Mm -hmm. That's what party can talk telepathically, too. Oh, yeah, so, like, right? We, we can just stay in touch. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you go to Jasper Ridge, you know, buy those sending stones, you know, keep your guys on your rock walkie-talkie. And it's also convenient for uh, DMs when everybody knows what's going on, so it's not like you meet up with the party and you talk about what happened. Instead, it can be a... Everybody already knows. Having these, did I tell everybody in the group that, is is frustrating and bogs down the Dungeon Master player experience. Yeah, it kind of, it removes a little bit of immersion because you have to talk about the third and fourth wall happening more often. Like, some players get defensive and they're like, only I know that information, that was just for me. Yes, that is true to a portion, but like, you want to reciprocate that to everybody you know. One of my summary phrases is to say, you share that information and usually they say yes, and then that's just how you get some locomotion going. Yep. Not sharing information is weird. Yeah, like, don't be that guy. You I know? mean, I feel like super niche circumstances to have fun, but otherwise, like, just share the information. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, there shouldn't be a question of, will I tell this to the party? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, you probably will. I don't think you should think on it too much. Yeah, it's like, fuck off, rogue. Why you gotta be like that? <laughs> it's always the fucking rogue. It's always yeah. the fucking rogue. They're always like... Should I stab him in the back? Should I kill him? Well, they're trying to be conniving, you know? Yeah. Rog rogues are fun because they can do that, but also it's fun to let your party in on the knowledge. Prank your friends, but stay with the party, edgelord. <laughs> Please. Please. Edgelord. So, we're almost out of time, but I just want to say, uh, Connor, we kind of made our own little characters for this world. Like, I'm a tiefling sorcerer, I'm a coffee lock, and then Rogar is a... Uh, Barbarian druid. Barbarian druid. I'm, I'm the bear druid. 
the totem of the bear too. The thing is that we like, made them broken on purpose. <laughs> good, yes. good. So we're here can just spam unlimited spells essentially. This is all like by the book, by the way. I mean, we use some homebrew stuff from DD Wiki. <laughs> a, a little bit here. And a there. little a bit. Pinch. Yeah. Mine just... is all by the book, <laughs> and it takes about two hundred something damage to finally take my guy out at level five. So are these all level five characters? <laughs> these are level five characters, yep. but the only reason I bring it up is just like, we're gonna need a few NPCs to bring along with us. And you know, I'm kind of envisioning your face stapled to our third what character that character? we bring along. So if you just had to spitball right now, what kind of dude would you send with us into the adventure zone when we go to find the crime happening in Jasper Ridge? Who's your player? Yeah. A tiefling and a druid are currently with us? So, I'm a tiefling sorcerer, and then you are I'm a, a mutant. Druid. I'm a simic hybrid. Simic okay. hybrid. I'm humanoid. <laughs> humanoid. Okay. Um, Giant man. I'm going to go with. I'm gonna go with a, a small dwarf bard guy. Okay. Um, dwarf bard. Think of. Interesting. Think of the bard that is drinking with everybody else while playing like like a banjo. Oh, okay. A banjo. So <laughs> think of that one guy with the banjo who drinks a lot. <laughs> That's the character I'm going for. It's not he's easy in being yeah. green. <laughs> yeah. He's in this Norse day. Oh, yeah, it's like we pick him up along the way. We go to Norsday and like we meet him there because he's traveling up the road the opposite way. Just playing on his banjo. Yeah. Strumming along. You're a folk hero, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, so like I'm the guy who made himself out to be Huckleberry Finn because he thought that would be cool. Yeah. So Harry, Huckleberry Finn doesn't exist. It's kind of like... It's kind of like Usopp, I guess, from One Piece. <laughs> like he makes him, he has these grand tales of his adventures, but he's just bullshitting you. Know? Yeah. I believe it. And that's like, <laughs> most of the stuff that he strums out on his banjo and sings is just stories that are not true. He's <laughs> just spitting lies. And he's like doing that all throughout the entire, like, entire campaign. The and funny, then some of them come true. Well, the funny thing is, Rogar is super gullible and would he would think you're the coolest guy ever. Like, no like, way! Even after being told you're lying, and he's like, oh. The next time you tell a story, he's gonna be like, oh my god, how? He's like, like how many dragons <laughs> did you fight? Like, he's gonna be having you on his shoulder parading you around like yeah. the coolest guy ever. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, uh, my character Horace would connect with you initially because, oh, someone I can actually have a long conversation with. But you're just lying to me halfway through the conversation. I'm gonna get steamed instantly. Oh, yeah. I'm just gonna be like, you what? Well, he's swindling everyone, and I'm his hype man. You just have your head down. Like, goddammit. <laughs> That'd be yeah. funny too, because my guy would be hyping it up, making it more believable too. Like oh, yeah. this big 6'4 motherfucker is like <laughs> corroborating the story. This three foot two guy slayed three dragons and and destroyed how many cities? <laughs> how did he do it? Are <laughs> yeah. barbs that OP? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just a guy. And he's like just singing like stomp clap style, where he's like just like sitting there like there's gonna be a situation where it's a big threat and rogar tells ross to sit out because we got it <laughs> yeah, oh, no. you're, you're on the front lines with me versus something where we can't win against and he's just freaking out and <laughs> telling all these lies and they're not true and you're just in the background like yes yeah, take care of it he's actually just weak i mean you spent a week inside a terrasque didn't you <laughs> oh no. you said That's so yourself <laughs> Yeah, so that's the character I'd pick. I'm thinking like just uh, a young, 
strumming bard. That is a beautiful thing. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Connor. I'm glad that we could meet your characters somewhere along the way in Nor's Day, and we'll have to take you along for an adventure sometime, but it's been great having you on the High Nights. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I like talking about tabletop and any opportunity I can, I do, so yep. much appreciated. We'll add a little bit more to the map, and we'll have to talk to you later. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, bye. See you next time. Adios. Thank you.